episode of Writing Easy, the podcast that takes the act of writing, which is sometimes pretty hard, tries to make it just a little bit easier. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. You know, Melissa, for me, one of the hardest things is uh, is designing characters. I, I'm always, it's just one of the things I, I have a hard time with is, is trying to figure out who these people are and find a way to kind of give them a personality that doesn't sound stupid or, or cliched, but still sounds understandable, right. believable. Yeah. Well, I mean, so much of the guidance that you get is just facts, like spitting out facts, like they're this tall and they're this, you know, they weigh this much and they're this race and they have this religion. And it's just like spewing out an info sheet of this is who this character is. They've worked at this job for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I'm like, so first of all, I'm like, so secondly, I don't remember any of it. Like I'll spend a day filling out this whole sheet about this character's characteristics. And then I go to write and I'm like, what were they? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so I'm always on the lookout for things that are that that stick a little bit better. And I thought I'd found this cool new thing and I told you about it. You're like, oh, yeah, I love that. I use it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're way ahead of me. But what we're talking about is a thing called enneagrams. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, the enneagram. Yeah. Enneagram. That's even better. Um, and do you want to explain what those are since you knew about it first? <laughs> yeah. So the Enneagram is like a personality assessment. It's a little bit, it's kind of similar to Myers-Briggs, but Enneagram is more focused on like the nurturing aspect and how we perceive our self-worth and our motivation. And it arrives from, derives from our childhood experiences. So it's like foundational things that we were taught and that we absorbed as children that shape how we see ourselves in the world. The nice thing about Enneagrams is there are nine of them. Unlike Myers-Briggs where there are, what, like a, a ton. What, there 16? are a ton of them. So, I don't even know. It's 16, 16 or 32. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there's, four there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. And you can't, it's very hard to, to keep that in your head. Enneagrams have, there are nine of them, and they have an archetype. You can use, they have uh, what are called wings, where they're kind of, you know, you you can kind of get the edge cases a little bit, so you could make that 27, but you don't need to. Nine. I keep nine in my head. They all have an archetype, um, and what I found really helpful is, you know, if you do more research, you can come up with these great little scenarios or shortcuts or things like that that help you grab onto them. So for me, what I found most useful for the Enneagrams is every one, every one of the nine has a fear, like a a basic fear that goes with them. So for example, Enneagram one is the type is sometimes called the knight. uh, And their fear is to be corrupt or evil. So then when I know I'm going to create a character, I can start from there. What are they afraid of? Okay. And then, ah, this person's afraid of being corrupt or evil. Now I can look through the, all the Enneagram stuff and come up with ideas of things I can use. I mean, it's great for thinking about, like for folks who get f- stuck on plot and are, are letting the plot drive them in the story, this is a really great tool because it forces you to go back and look at what's happening in that plot and think like, how does this character respond to that stress or that trigger, right? Are, like, are they responding out of fear like a type one person because that's hitting on some core part of that personality or do they like respond with aggression 
right? And mm-hmm. overconfidence, right? So it allows you to also be consistent with your emotional responses to different events. And and to differentiate between the different characters as well. So you mm-hmm. don't have everybody doing the same thing. You don't have anybody everybody doing what you do, which is my problem is they're all me, which of course they're all me. I mean, that's how writing works, right? It's all different parts of your personality, la la la. But I can't have them all be the same. So I'll have one character be the the knight or the perfectionist. That's one has different things, and then I'll have another one. I'll go complete opposite and say, okay, the other one is a loyalist, and they are afraid of not being supported. So now I know what they're afraid of. I'm going to take that away, and you know, put them in the position where they have to face that very thing. And it gives me ideas of how they cope with that negative emotion. Do they repress them? Do they withdraw from them? Do they deny them? You know, what do they do? And it. I find it just really useful in building a character. I mean, the other thing to think about is the Enneagram, the way that it's set up. So once you know your type or once you have a type for a character, there's sort of a, a way in which they operate at a low level or low frequency, low functionality. So they're they're dysfunctional in that type and they're very chaotic and destructive. Um, and there's ways that they operate that's a high frequency. And so it also gives you a great arc for how that character can mm-hmm. grow over the course of your story. So like as they learn more about their their weaknesses, their traumas, the things that are triggering to them, they start to take those lessons and apply them in ways that are more productive and more helpful and more um, like empowering. So it also can give you basics for gra- like for grounding that understanding of like what's the arc of this character as they learn how to love or they learn how to step into this role. Yeah, that's a really good point because you, for each character, for each character, for each uh, type, there are, they define usually nine levels of growth. You know, like these bottom three are, they don't work really well. The middle three is probably what average and then the top three are very high functioning. And you're going to start at the bottom, right? Like you want to, you want to get those guys really messed up. So you go way down below and then you can, you can uh, arc it up. You can also see uh, they have obviously compatibility stuff, so you're going to want to put characters together that are incompatible um, and get that drama there. Um, and like I said, there are also what are called the wings, where there are, you know, kind of the edge cases. Like, for example, I am a four with a three wing, meaning I'm a four, I'm an idealist. You know, my fear is being insignificant. I express myself through arts, my emotional needs, all that sort of stuff. But I also have a little bit of the performer in me, too. And so that little overlap means that I'm a four with a three wing. I've just revealed a little bit more about myself than I want to. But anyway, <laughs> um, so you can you can add shades, you know, so you don't you only you don't only have nine characters to go from. You can have shades. And I'm sure you could write two different characters with the same type and they'd be completely different. But I think it gives you a yeah. nice framework to start from and, you know, feel free, obviously, to ignore everything that anything that doesn't work for you but i it i for me i always have such a hard time of just coming up from things whole cloth like that you know just like uh, uh, Mm -hmm. i I don't i don't i can't do that but this gives me a framework to to then sculpt on and i think you could even be creative with this right like so you can definitely google and find a list of all the types of enneagrams and sort of print that out or play with it and pick a certain one so you can look and say oh this character is definitely a type seven and start from there. But if you don't know, like you could take an assessment as your character and just instinctively go in the direction Mm. that you think you want your character um, to be and see where they land, what's their results uh, for that assessment. There's tons of assessments. They usually take like 
10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes um, to complete. And so that's another way to get into the head of your character or maybe the antagonist who you haven't spent as much time exploring to um, think about that. That's a great idea. Um, and you shouldn't have to pay for them. There are ones that you pay yeah. for, but there's plenty of free ones and they'll be just fine. Exactly. Uh, the pay ones are for like, you're, yeah, those are for different things. Um, I actually found a book called The Visual Enneagram where it's a very short little book. I got it as an ebook, um, but it's really handy because what they did is they drew a little graphic that sort of sums up the type. You know, it's the sort of thing you'd put on Instagram. And in fact, that's where, or not Instagram, uh, Pinterest. And that's where I first found it. Um, or Instagram, I suppose. But I like that because then I put that little graphic next to the picture of the character. And then I've got a little encapsulation of the character that I can refer to very quickly. Because I get, I get confused. First of all, I write things with 62 different characters. And so it, <laughs> it, it does get hard to keep them straight, even, even though I'm the one who created them. So I can have little cards with, okay, here's the picture, and here's the Enneagram. All right, got it. I, I now have the encapsulation of that character. I can I can get back in their head and, and, and work with them. Um, so, so that book is really helpful. It's called The Visual Enneagram. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a short little book. gives you a little quick overview of each thing and then a really nice little drawing that sort of encapsulates it. That's great. I love that. <clears throat> and I know that one of the challenges that I often face, especially when I'm in the review, like the revision stage of um, editing, mm -hmm. I'm going back and I'm looking to make sure like I've got the emotional beats in the story. Because like when I'm writing, I just get so into like the execution mode and telling the story and the plot and the logic and the consistency. Mm -hmm. And I often forget to have like make sure my characters are having an emotional response to what's happening and that it's not all the yeah. same. Um, and this is a really great, quick, systemic way of like going through that because I can go scene by scene and I can look at the character and I can read their dialogue or I can see their actions and I can think, ooh, like what was their Enneagram type? Oh, like they would not say this, right? Or they would not respond mm -hmm. in this way. They would be quiet or they would be reflective or they would be beating themselves up. So this is the kind of um, way that they're going to project or, you know, attack, right? Sometimes people get very defensive. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that I can go back and fine tune the dialogue or the actions of each scene for each character based on like their Enneagram type. It's just a quick way for me to go back and gut check that, make sure that I'm including that in the content. And this is not to say that these are stock characters that you're going to just pull and they're you know, fully formed, and so they're all going to be the same. This is a framework. This is a an outline. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to fill in the gaps with your own stuff and make them your own. So they're not going to be molds. They're not, um, you know, boilerplate characters. It's a, a type, an archetype. Uh, yeah, I think I've said that. I'm going to just keep repeating myself over and over. Now, have you ever used the the arrows like there's the growth arrows and the non-growth arrows where which i've never i've never gotten into those have you used those Do you know what i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about and i don't find them useful as well and i think it's because i don't quite understand or see them in my own typing and personality so yeah. like it's hard for me to then use them for characters because I feel like you kind of start over. Like that doesn't, yeah. So the, what I'm talking about is when you look at, start re reading into Enneagrams, 
you'll see places where they say, oh, well, the and I have these numbers wrong, so I apologize. But like, oh, the five grows at their strongest. They start acting more like a one. And then at their weakest, they start acting like an eight or whatever. And I'm like, well, what, now you've just completely blown the whole system up. Because now <laughs> if he's a one, I'm starting all over. So I don't. Yeah, I, I also uh, like you, Melissa, I just ignore him because I it doesn't serve me at all. If, if anyone does, great, let us know, because I don't know how to use that tool. <laughs> yeah, but I think it, it like goes back to this idea that there are different ways for the same people of the same types to show up, right? Mm-hmm. So you could, like you were saying, you could do two or three different people, but you could do 10 people that are all the same types that are going to show up differently, depending on like Absolutely. where they are in terms of the functional and like how functional they are as a type three or a type five, but also those arrows as well. And yeah. we're in constant flux, right? At different points in our lives or different events happen and it can push us up or down um, in terms of how we react and how we engage. So what I would recommend to use this tool is to look at your characters, whether they exist or yet or not, using this model um, and then come up with the the uh, uh, fill in the details, you know, fill in the backstory that would get them to this point. What happened when they were young to make them like this? And what are the specifics of how, yes, they fear worthlessness, but how does that express in this character in this uh, circumstance? So go through that, and I think you'll find some really good stuff. Um, and, you know, another fun thing to do is to, when you're reading something or watching something, try to type people. Obviously, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to type yourself, right? We all Like, this is true? Yes? You're going to work on yourself first. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Obviously. Yeah. Like, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. I mean, you can, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but who's the most interesting person you want to know about? <laughs> yourself. So, I, yeah, I, like, I did myself first, you know, and I, okay, and that kind of, that was really cool. But, um, yeah, so, so do this for your characters and see what you get. Um, just don't spend too much time on yourself because that's procrastinating. <laughs> and you can use other systems too. I know people use Zodiac. You know, they had like, here's their sign and they make up full charts for everything. Um, you know, if you want, if that works for you, if you know it. Um, or, you know, Myers-Briggs, you could do that too. But what I like about Enneagrams is they're a lot simpler, at least to me. Yeah, I think they, I think they, they can be simplified. Um, they can also be complex like you like because we're talking about wings and we're talking about directions and levels right so you can get as detailed and in-depth as you want or you can keep it at the nine or even the three because each of the nine like they break into three central groups of like the heart the head and the gut and so you could even just start there right you could make it as simple as you want that's going to be effective for you Mm -hmm. yeah just use for with as with any writing advice use what works and ignore everything else but i would encourage people to do it for themselves um because i have found some insights in how i show up as a writer and where i find Hmm. blockages based on my enneagram type um and i'm a type three and so i'm very much like i don't take criticism and rejection well and that (laughs) has been a like that fear of rejection has kept me from submitting things and that that idea of perfectionism and like what i put out there has to be perfect like that's all rolled into the enneagram three type and so now that i know that and i know that that's my sort of base it's easier for me to recognize when i'm procrastinating or when i'm stalling because of that versus the quality of the work or 
to know that I need to separate a bad review from my Mm self-worth, right? That that's somebody's response to a project and it's just a project and it stops there. It doesn't impact me as a person and my value. Yeah. Also good for relationships. You know, I I know my my husband's type and that like, okay, yep, this is just what what that happens. So, uh, honey, if you're listening, you're you're six. So that's how that works. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we've covered that pretty well. I think I just recommend you go out. If you Google Enneagrams, you'll find all kinds of great stuff. And hopefully this will give you some uh, some helpful tips. Yeah. And if you're on Instagram, follow. I think it's like Coffee and Enneagram. It's, it's a wonderful little account. And it basically does different like snapshots of each type and response to certain things. So it's like, how are you showing up in quarantine? <laughs> like, how do you do self-care? Oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. So I'll have to check that out. Cool. We'll put a link in the show notes yeah. to that and a couple other things. So I think that's all we have about that today. Hope you guys enjoy that. And um, remember, writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. See you guys next time. Bye.